welcome back to Cut the Fru Fru. This is going to be a shorter episode, even shorter than the first one. I'm just going to read the blog post that I wrote previously to the previous one. It's called Ceasefire, and it actually came about because I found an old blog post and I wanted to rewrite it, and so I was going to just edit some things and ended up just writing a brand new thing, brand new thing. So I posted it and I want to read it and it's, it could be seen as part two of the last episode, the last episode being part one of mindset, setting of the mind. But it could also be seen as kind of a um, a a sub header of of part two. Like, come on, rainwater, spit it out. How should I say this? So, the the mind, as you heard in episode one, is very it's very linear, and so. The example that's coming to me right now is to think about a mind map because my partner is really into those. She's always making a mind map. And I remember my mother showing me how to make a mind map when I was a kid. And I was like, whatever, mom, not interested. But now I'm interested because we have a million thoughts at once that are connected in this quantum web of interconnectedness, but we don't necessarily even know how it's all connected. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing right now, which is just going for it, speaking my mind, articulating, expressing this, because I hope it helps convey what I'm wanting to convey, which is that everything is connected. So this is part two, because it's going to have a lot of interconnectedness to part one, but that was not my intention. I wasn't thinking about that going in. It just happened. But that's how this is going to go. The podcast and the blog is going to be this kind of tapestry that's going to get woven together. And at the end, it'll be congruent in a way that wasn't to begin with. So there's a coherence and there's sometimes a lack of coherence, but both coherent and non-coherent things eventually become coherent or not coherent again. So it's a cycle. That's just the nature of things. There's, there's no amount of coherentness that wins. And actually there's something so important about the chaos and the raw self-expression or the raw artistic expression of these things. Because obviously if I was presenting what I'm presenting in the form of this master thesis dissertation, that's going to be so different than if I'm sharing it from this place that's more vulnerable and, and more, um, you know, in a way messy around the edges. But that's why art, I think, is what we all kind of get so inspired by because we all know and if you listen to any musician or artist it's like the first take or the first there's a moment where the art then starts to actually go backwards from what it was originally trying to express because we start to try to make it better from this place that's actually taking it 
further away from its rawness. So without further frou-frou, here's another little piece about stepping back from our mental war that we are constantly waging. Cut the frou-frou, words to be reorganized through the filter of your mind. This is called ceasefire. When we step back from the battlefield, when we step back from the constant struggle that we are the center of, when we step back from this struggle that we perpetuate in spite of our desire to change, when we step back from this struggle that comes from blaming others for what we do not wish to see in ourselves, when we step back from the misconception that things exist in isolation from everything else, the misconception that everything is not interconnected. When we step back, we begin to see with clear eyes, eyes not clouded with the shadows our own false assumptions cast as they reflect back at us in the eyes of another. We all too easily become frightened by fleeting change. To be frightened by fleeting change is to be frightened by life itself. After all, nature is terrifying. At least this is something to which we all can agree. All of us, afraid of loss, afraid of disappointments, insecure and afraid of our insecurities, Thoughts of death, afraid of our thoughts of death more than of death itself. Afraid of aging, afraid of the ideas we have about aging. Misunderstanding leads us to fight against life. Misunderstanding leads us to fight against ourselves and each other. Misunderstanding perpetuates misunderstanding. Thus, we continue to run from pain, grasping at pleasure in hopes of finding safety, as if we could control all of the outcomes for all eternity. Thus, the suffering continues as our upset grows, our resistance to that which is increases. We are left with what appears to be only two options. One, we unleash our anger and upset outwardly, destroying the world and those around us. Or two, we turn our anger and our upset inward and destroy ourselves from the inside out. But to think that these two options are different from one another is to not see clearly. Both options and any combination of these options both result in prolonging our suffering and enhancing our pain and essentially destroying ourselves. 
Meanwhile, this world that has been created from the greatest minds who ever lived as a result of this creation from the level of the mind remains stuck. Remains stuck in this pattern of perpetuating the cycle as we all turn a blind eye to the reality that exists beyond right and wrong, this reality that we deem not real because we cannot quantify it in our preferred method of quantification. Opening to something softer, broader, opening to this true, expanded reality is not only frustrating and impossible feeling, but it is also outrage-provoking and typically warrants a response of an even greater upset because the thought of being this vulnerable is beyond what so many of us can even entertain the idea of. Which is obviously normal and warranted because when the above experience of life is all that we know, nothing else exists. No other way of life being life is real to us. And furthermore, the possibility that things could be different registers as a threat because as much as we do not wish to suffer, this suffering has become the very thing that defines us. Without it, we would not know who to be. This letting go of control is the ultimate thing that many of us fear. Surrendering to God? Surrendering to the cosmos, I would rather shoot God with a gun. I would rather blow up the cosmos than surrender to the cosmos. Are you kidding me? (laughs) So we suffer, telling ourselves whatever we need to hear that will help us in our desperate need that is to survive. Anything that will keep us going Anything that will keep us believing that our lie is real. Till then, one day, all of a sudden, in an instant, change happens. And we don't know why. But we do know that we tried really hard, continuously, and it was really challenging and really intense. And then all of a sudden, it changed. And a part of us wants to take credit for it. Part of us thinks maybe we should give the credit to our accountability buddy or to our teacher or to someone else. But ultimately, there's another part of us that just doesn't really know. And I think this is where grace originates from. Is like, I don't know just gone now. It's like it never even existed. And as soon as that change happens, we can't even remember really what it was like to suffer in the way that we previously suffered. It's almost like we can't actually do anything to save ourselves. Because in one hand, we can. We can make different choices. But on the other hand, the more we try and change something, the more it remains the same. That which is causing us the most pain is none other than who we claim to be. Again, this is why misunderstanding 
perpetuates the cycle of blindness, and to break the cycle, we only need to see with clear eyes, to wake up. This is the catch-22. This is where I believe the depth of our upset stems, this abandoned-by-God feeling. If God slash nature slash the universe was so great, how could God allow such misery, violence, and injustice to exist? However, who claimed God to be separate or other than the misery, cruelty, and injustice? The mind did. The mind of every seeker who has ever sought the truth. That's who. Well, the good news is that in reality, we are not separate from nature, from the universe, from God. So that clears that up. Therefore, we are the ones who have abandoned ourselves. We are the ones we are upset with. From this abandonment of self, all other forms of abandonment stem. In other words, we are the original abandoners. The only thing to abandon truly is ourselves because what we are at our core is everything. This is the original sin because sin means to go astray. And astray from ourselves, we have gone. And that was the original moment the disconnection happened. And this disconnection has played out continuously ever since. Fear, hate, murder, malice, self-loathing, blind, ignorance, lack of consciousness, darkness, primordial goop. This is the baseline of existence. This and pure emptiness which perhaps is even more terrifying than anything. From this baseline of emptiness comes primordial goop, and from that comes awareness of said goop. From that awareness comes a sunrise. From this sunrise comes the dawn of man. From the dawn of man comes relationships with the world that man exists in. Both love and hate exist. Better use of language would be love and fear, or love and leaving, love and abandoning. Or perhaps the simplest and truest use of language here, instead of love and hate, would be love and a lack of faith. At the end of the day, we are here now, both helpless and also in the driver's seat of our destiny. The limitations are the portals beyond those same limitations. Things are not as they seem. This is the nature of this dream. Reading the Gita or the Tao Te Ching do not wake us up to the world that exists beyond what our mind perceives, because language is as limited as all of these other limitations that only exist in the physical world, on the physical plane, the limited way that only we can perceive. The limitation of language is part of the puzzle. The limitation of language is part of moving beyond the limitation of it. 
So it has value. And just as with anything, something having value does not mean that it could not also lead to an even greater misunderstanding. (laughs) It's our choice or responsibility to choose optimism over dread, to be simple, humble, grateful, and awestruck by the impossibly perfect web of interconnectedness that is nature, our nature. For every poison, there is an anti-venom. For every virus, there is an environmental reason. That reason is to find balance, to balance all imbalances. Drop a tear and a whole universe will shake. The one thing we can always know, always count on, is that no matter what happens, the reason behind what is happening belongs to this law of balance. Perhaps the only thing that is truly real, reliable, and constant. So whenever something happens, ask yourself, what happened before that now is being balanced by what is happening now? So whenever something happens, ask yourself, what happened before that now is happening for the sake of balancing that which has already happened? The natural world, our biology is 100% of the time working at 100% of its capacity to find the point of balance. The best way to facilitate our own healing and the healing of our planet is by getting out of our own way, by being our own booster shot in the dark, by ceasing the firestorm that comes from the misunderstanding that we are somehow separate from nature. My opinion on how to do this is to learn from the cycles of nature, from the cycles of the day, from a woman's moon cycle, from man's sun cycle, from the cycle of the seasons, the cycles of our breathing, the cycles of our life. We need not reinvent the wheel. Rather, we need only to remember what our ancestors knew so long ago. Real change happens at the instant we see things truly as they are. And this change that comes from seeing the true nature of reality is the kind of change that is permanent non-wavering and steadfast. Thanks for listening. Cut the frou-frou. I'm Daniel Rainwater. I'll link to the blog post that this was taken from and I will link to other things of value such as, I don't know, my Instagram account, perhaps. Follow me at dr.rainwater, hashtag Instagram. Always working on stuff, always tying things together. So, yeah, let me know what you think. Let me know if you have questions or ideas, if this provokes something in you that feels inspired, reach out, and I'll have you on the show. We'll talk about stuff. All right, see you next time.